Hey, and welcome to the I Believe Your Abuse podcast, where we talk all things narcissistic abuse. I'm your host, Brandy Fuller-Anderson, counselor, coach, survivor, author, and advocate. Before we get started, just know that narcissists can be both male and female, married or single, straight or gay, rich or poor. My stories are about my ex-narcissist, who is a he, So that's how I tell my stories, and it helps me to remain consistent, but please insert your own pronoun to make it fit your story. If you have any questions about what I mean when I say narcissist, please go back and listen to episode one where I discuss this. Did you guys know that we have a lot of resources for you on our website at ibelieveyourabuse.com? There are resources including support groups, meetings, and professionals that specialize in narcissistic abuse. And you can search by country or state if you're in the U.S. And I'm constantly adding to this list, so if you have a lead on a therapist qualified to work with narcissistic abuse victims, or know of a support group in your area, please send an email and I can update the list. There is no reason for this to be such an isolating experience. We need to be here to support each other, and support groups are so helpful to many people that are without a proper support system. Do you feel like you've made it to a good place in your recovery and maybe could share your story with others to give them some hope and to know that things will improve or maybe some support in knowing that they aren't the only ones who have been through something similar? You can send in your survivor stories to ibelieveyourabuse at gmail.com and it may be discussed on the show or posted in a support forum on the website to help other survivors. You will also find a shop link on the site that leads to some great t-shirts that help to spread awareness of narcissistic abuse. Think about it. Many people have not even heard of narcissistic abuse. Putting facts or information on your shirt where it can be seen by so many people catches their attention. Introducing them to the terms gives people something to think about, something to look up, something to research, something to be aware of, should they ever need to put those puzzle pieces together themselves. What a great way to get some knowledge out there. And not only that, but proceeds from the shirts go directly to help victims who are fighting to escape this terrible abuse. So go check it out, and let's all do our part to keep this network of survivors growing. When you first make the decision to leave your abusive situation, you will go through many phases. You will blame yourself for falling for a facade of a person. You will blame yourself for ignoring the signs that something wasn't quite right. You will blame yourself for not listening to your intuition. You will grieve the loss of your partner. You will grieve the loss of those dreams you had for your perfect fairy tale ending. You will grieve the loss of many years of your life, all that time that you cannot get back. You will grieve all that you sacrificed for your ungrateful partner, the damaged relationships with family, friends, and maybe even your own children, the money gone, the life goals you once had skipped right over, the things that passed you by that you could never get back all while you were consumed with this relationship. You will feel unsure if you can trust yourself, your intuition, your memories, 
your ability to move on and heal. When you first clear your head and speak about your experience, people won't believe you. It will make you feel like a liar. They will make you feel delusional. And worst of all, yes, worst of all, they will make you doubt your decision to leave that narc. You will start to accept blame for the abuse you endured. You will start to pity your ex-partner for being sad, misunderstood, and pathetic. You will wonder if your memories are distorted, misguided out of anger, or your own selfish needs. You will tell yourself you won't find better because you do not deserve better. And this, all of this, is a lie. This is a lie that was strategically integrated into the abuse you were receiving because it was a necessary part of keeping you hanging on. But it is a lie. Everything you remember was just as bad as you think it was. Every confusing story that reruns in your mind while you attempt to make it make sense was caused by the constant gaslighting by your partner. Every time you caught your breath and realized you were with a partner that did not actually care for you, you were accepting a reality that was clearly placed in front of you. You initially fought these feelings off and defended these glimpses. Why? Because it seemed easier at the time. Easier than having to accept what actually happened. Leading you to blame yourself. Leading you to doubt yourself. And leading you to grieve. And so the cycle continues. There will come a day when you're finally ready to put an end to this cycle. That's what you're doing here. Learning all that you can. Preparing yourself and strengthening yourself so that you can walk away from this life of abuse. But how do you do it? How do you pick your damaged, confused, and weak-feeling pieces up and successfully save yourself from this horrific cycle? On today's show, we're going to go over what you need to know to do just this. When you are experiencing narcissistic abuse, you are being hit with this calculated cruelty from every angle. It is likely coming from places you can't even see it coming from. And yes, in some ways, you are now contributing to it albeit unknowingly. Once you decide to leave, you may try and fail multiple times. And this is okay, because you will eventually be successful, so keep trying. But let's talk about the best way to leave for good, fully escape the abuse, so you can start to heal and move forward. How do you find peace when you don't remember what it feels like? How do you walk away from maltreatment you've become dependent on, addicted to? Why is it so hard to escape? Well, one of the reasons this experience is so hard to walk away from, despite it being one of the worst experiences of your life, is because when it comes to emotional abuse, you cannot begin to heal until you are free from the abuse. And you are not free from the abuse at any time while having contact with a narcissist. 
It is a constant emotional roller coaster, egregious mind games, gaslighting, cognitive dissonance, damaged self worth, confusion, fear. Your thoughts and emotions have been hijacked, and you need to get it back. You must stop the spinning in your mind so you can get grounded and begin to work through what has happened. There is no other way. I repeat, there's no other way to do this fully than to go no contact. Let's explore what this means and how to do it. No contact is just what it sounds like. It's a way to cut off any way that the narcissist can be abusive to you so that you can start to heal. You must cut off all contact to end the abuse. And you won't be able to see things clearly until you are no longer being filled with doubt, confusion, and self-hate. So what is important to understand about no contact and how can you do no contact so that it does what it's intended to do? First and foremost, understand that this process will not feel good. Not initially. This will not be easy. You will need to detox from this relationship. Nothing will go back to the way it was before. You are no longer this person. That naivety, it's gone. You are now an abuse survivor. You know things about the world now that you never knew before. You've been exposed to an evil that exists, an evil you could have never imagined before and never wanted to. You will have to slowly learn who you are as a person now and what you want your life to look like and how you will get there. Try not to have any ex expectations for this. Let things fall into place as they do. This is not a fast moving process and you will need to be patient. You have been through a lot and it will take as much time or more to fully heal from it. But if you look online, look on blogs or advice columns or support groups, look at the testimonials from survivors just like you, and they will tell you, this will get easier. They were all right where you are. It was just as hard, and things looked just as bleak, and they made it through. They healed, and you will too. You will heal. We've all been there and you can move past this. Just don't give up. If you don't prepare yourself for how difficult this will be and how terrible you will feel, it will be even more challenging to follow through with. Keep reading. The more you know, the more powerful you are. Read all that you can about this disorder so that you can understand this experience was not your fault and that there's nothing you could have done to prevent it. But also, so you realize that only you can save yourself from it. Rest. Take care of you. Expect moments of weakness. Write things down. And I know I've said this before, I can't express how extremely helpful this can be. Not only is it cathartic, but if you write down every bad experience you've had, Every crazy thing he said, 
Every miserable way he treated you? Every horrible day you spent with him? When you have this moment of weakness, you can go back and read it. Read about your experience each time you feel weak. And it can remind you that this is an experience that you never want to repeat. Next, block him. Block all avenues that might lead this person back to you or that in a moment of weakness might lead you to him. This is not something you can do halfway. You have to commit. Block everything. Block his phone number. Block him on all social media platforms. Block him on Messenger. Block his family. Block anyone who's friends with him. Change the locks on your home or anywhere he may be able to get to. If you can move, move. This is about you. This is not the time to worry about who you are cutting ties with or who you are walking away from. This is your chance to save you. And it is crucial. It will only work if you block every single pathway that can connect the two of you together. Don't look back. Keep these blocks. Don't be tempted to use a friend's account to check up on their social media accounts or to ask how he's doing. Don't even look. Don't notice that new profile picture and wonder what the story is behind this new maid on his arm. Don't even look. Every time you fail to maintain this boundary, you are exposing yourself to emotional abuse all over again and are seriously hindering any progress that you've made toward recovery. You have to fight any urge to check up on him. Don't second guess yourself. When you start this process, know from the get-go that if you want to be successful, if you want to escape and heal and move forward in peace, you must commit. You must understand that you will need to be fully committed to sticking with this decision. This is not a one-time thing. It's a lifelong journey of recovery and healing. Also know that This is literally your only way out. This is not just your only way to heal and move forward. It is your only way to stop the abuse so that the damage being done to your every, to your very being can be stopped. And this healing process can begin. Every single time you check out his page or answer his text, or make a late night call, you are accepting more abuse and you will have to start the healing process all over again from day one. Every single time, you will have to start over from day one. Stay busy. Limit the amount of time you think about the narcissist and especially the amount of time you talk about the narcissist. Although a support system is extremely important, the last thing you need to be doing is reliving the experience right away or discussing him in any good or bad fashion, at least not in the beginning, not unless you're talking with an experienced therapist 
one who has knowledge on the subject and with narcissists. Don't try to explain your experience to those people who can't understand anyway. Don't badmouth him to people you know. Don't worry about making sure people know you were the victim and him the perpetrator. This serves no purpose and only keeps those negative remnants at the forefront in your mind and will be a roadblock for your recovery. If you find yourself stuck in a cycle of running through memories over and over again, stop and acknowledge what you're doing and why you're doing it. Validate your experience and the right you have to feel hurt by it. Read those journals that you've written to remind yourself of the behaviors that you never planned to expose yourself to again. And then get up and do something else. Find a distraction. Call a friend and talk about anything else. Finish a project that you started. Do anything to take your mind off of the memories. If you think to yourself, easier said than done, then you haven't yet realized that you are completely in control of these thoughts. Keep trying. Do what you can to halt those things that bring memories rushing back. Don't listen to your guys' song. Don't listen to any songs that remind you of the past. Get rid of any gifts the narc might have given you if you're one of the few lucky ones that actually received a gift from your narc. If you can't bring yourself to get rid of pictures, lock them up somewhere or give them to someone for safekeeping. Instruct them not to give them back to you for two, three, four years or longer. Give up the dreams of getting revenge. This is nothing but a justified way of remaining stuck in the past rather than moving forward. You are bigger than this and you don't need it in order to move on and be happy. Spend time alone. Avoid moving into a new relationship until you've taken the needed time to fully heal. If you do, you will likely find yourself in another unhealthy relationship or one that simply is doomed to fail because you did not take the time needed to learn who the new you is, to heal your invisible scars and understand what you want, what you deserve what your boundaries are. You have nothing to offer a new mate while you're broken, and a new mate cannot put your pieces back together. Only you can do this, so take the time to do it. Take some time for you. I know it can be tempting to hurry into another relationship simply so you can show off your new mate and give the illusion that you're doing fine and moving on. But again, This is just another way to keep you stuck in the past. Worried about what your ex or others think when they see you and is doing the opposite of what you should be doing, which is focusing solely on yourself so you can get through this. Forgetting the pain or distracting yourself from the pain will not lead to healing. You must walk through the pain with patience and understanding so that you can fully heal from this experience. That's why we take time to validate what we're feeling, to forgive ourselves for feeling it. And then we move forward. And then we do other things 
Take some time to reflect. Some time to learn. Some time to forgive yourself. Some time to learn to love yourself again. It is a time focused on recovery. Trust me, your ex narc will become completely irrelevant during this time. And there's no rush for when this will happen. Know in advance that your ex-mate will reach out at some point. If he already secured a new supply before the end of your relationship, whether you left him or he left you, he will move on quickly as though you never existed. And this is a tough pill to swallow. But it's also a gift. It's a gift in that while they are ghosting you, it is actually the perfect opportunity for you to get started with going no contact. At some point, he will reach back out. They always reach back out. And he will say nice things and will seem so broken. And you will so badly want to believe that he is the exception to the rule. That he has changed. But you will be stronger. You will be more informed. And you will know that this is nothing but a line of bullshit that you have heard one too many times. And you won't fall for it this time. And if you have completely shut off all lines of communication, it will be very difficult for him to even actually reach you when he tries to slip back in. And that's why you make it as complicated as you can by shutting it down, shutting it down from every angle. Shut it all down way in advance and never have to make this choice. Change your routine. Change the route you normally drive or move if you can. Find a new favorite restaurant. Change everything. Not only does this limit the odds of running into your ex or someone who knows your ex, but it helps eliminate reminders of your relationship, of your past. You will start to relearn how to be you by creating new habits. You will create new healthy neuropathways instead of continuing to use the ones created in abuse. If you don't want to keep driving in circles, seeing the same scenery, and living the same abuse, you need to create new ways of seeing things, new ways of thinking about things, and new hope for a future that does not include your partner or his abuse. And the only way to start this process is by going no contact the best you can. There are many reasons you must fully commit to going no contact once you've started. But an important one to remember is that if you're having intermittent contact with the narcissist, he may simply assume that you're using ghosting on him which is a tactic he's quite familiar with. What does it mean to the narc when you ghost him? Nothing. It means nothing. It's just another game that he's all too familiar with, and he just assumes that you're playing it with him. You are getting no point across, and you are teaching him no lessons with this behavior. He remains in control until you stop playing his games completely. He remains in control until you stop playing his games completely. There is no closure with a narcissist. 
So don't seek it out. And don't sit around and wait for it. You can't beat them at a game that they created. One in which they are constantly changing the goalposts and the rules. You can, however, get to a point where you are no longer concerned with beating them. You can get to a point where you no longer think of them. Going no contact is the only closure you can give yourself. But what if you absolutely cannot go no contact from your narc? What if you have children together? What if you own a business together? This is not ideal, but it can still be done to an extent that it will allow you enough room for healing and make it possible to move forward. And it will include utilizing the gray rock method. What do you think about when you think about a gray rock? Pretty plain, right? Not a lot going on. It likely doesn't elicit any sort of response. This is the whole point behind the gray rock method. To just be there when you have to be there, but to offer nothing, ask for nothing, and show no signs of having anything else going on. Of course, when dealing with a narcissist, you will avoid all contact when possible. If you can reduce communication to email or text only, then do it. Not only does it let you stop and think before you respond, so that it's more difficult for them to provoke you, but you have a paper trail for you to refer back to when they start to lie about the things that were said. The same guidelines still remain in effect for written communication. When you have to be in contact with the narcissist and it cannot be avoided, you will limit all communication. If you're asked a question that you must answer, offer a one-word answer or the simplest answer possible. Offer no additional information and never go off on tangents. Don't respond to the way they say things. Answer what you're obligated to answer and then move on or walk away. Do not let them get a reaction out of you no matter what they say. It takes a lot of self-control when using the gray rock method. A narcissist gets no fuel from a gray rock, so they will constantly try to provoke another response from you. They want to see you caring for them, yelling at them, sad for them, reconsidering your stance with them, pitying them, angry with them. Absolutely any one of these offers them supply. And as long as you can offer supply, they will never let you leave this abusive cycle. If he calls you every name in the book, tells you you suck as a parent, asks if he can move his visitation to the following weekend, and then reminds you that you never wanted to be a parent in the first place, something you know to be a complete lie, you simply say, yes, you can move the visitation to the following weekend and you walk away. You end the conversation. You answered the parenting question and you ignored the bullshit. You picked the one relevant part of his rant apart from the loads of meaningless garbage designed to incite a negative response from you and you answered it, ignoring the remaining bullshit. 
these encounters may never get easier. Honestly. They are unnecessary for now until such time as you can go no contact and remove this destructive piece of shit virus from your life. He will bait you in ways you never thought possible. He knows exactly what to say to get under your skin. Remember, you weren't the one wearing a pathetic, fraudulent mask. You showed him who you truly are. And he spent much time around you hearing some of the things you dislike, feel guilty about, dislike about yourself, areas you lack confidence in, those little triggers that have set you off in the past. He knows them, and he's been saving them for a time he needed to use them to make it look like you were the one who has come completely unhinged, that you were the one who has the issues. You were the one who mistreats him. You were the one who lies that nobody can trust. You were the one who can't pull your shit together. You must not take this bait. It doesn't matter what he says or what he wants. It doesn't matter what is wrong with him. None of it matters any longer because the only thing that does matter is your ability to recognize the pattern and remember that you no longer want to be any part of it. You never deserved any of it. And you refuse to keep playing this game. A game purposefully designed so that you would never be able to win at it anyway. A game in which he constantly changes how things work. Games that he starts when you don't even know you're playing. You cannot win by playing. You only win by leaving the game and refusing to play. Why is he talking so crazy? Who cares? Why is he lying to my face? Well, he probably is lying, but reacting to it doesn't change it whatsoever. Oh, he seems like he's hurting. Well, good. He likely had it coming, and this isn't your problem. Be done being the one who gets hurt. Take your control back and put yourself first. Say nothing to purposefully provoke him, maturely giving on the bare minimum of information that you're forced to give. But know that by not reacting, this will also provoke him. He will become desperate to try to get a response from you. Don't. And eventually, he will move on from this game. He will act like a breath-holding, screaming, kicking toddler. Do you really find this attractive? Of course not. It's pitiful and it's disgusting. Remind yourself of this. This is who he is. And you now know that absolutely nothing you can say or do will ever change it. And you no longer carry this burden. Even if you feel it inside, you must show him absolutely no sympathy, no guilt, no anger, no arguments, no reaction. Don't take the bait. The more fuel you throw on a fire, the harder it is to put out. You've got to cut that oxygen supply off. This is a dumpster fire that you don't want growing any bigger. Give him only blank expressions. 
This way he has no clue as to what's actually going on in your mind or how hard this is for you. Before you know it, this will be the real way you feel about him and this entire relationship. Practice giving the bare minimum. Oftentimes when we're feeling an emotional reaction, we want to keep talking, offering more information than is necessary. Maybe you want to casually mention you think he's a piece of shit. Maybe you're tempted to mention your new rich boyfriend. None of this plays well in your favor, I assure you. So stop yourself. It will always come back on you, making you look like you are the one misbehaving. You have to learn to let things go. They do not matter. Being free, finding peace, this is what matters. Limit contact as much as possible. If you must exchange the children, have someone else do the drop-offs for you. Hide in the shadows as much as you can. Ignore any smear campaigns that may be going on behind your back. Any of your true friends will see through this charade, and you don't need anyone who's not a true friend. Let it go. Remind yourself often that everything he does is designed to get you to react so he can paint you as the bad guy. Don't give him this satisfaction. Be an apathetic robot. Avoid eye contact. Turn your back quickly after answering any questions or sharing any information. Stare blankly at his attempts to rally you up. By this point, your narc has become predictable and you have started to write your experiences and reread them and have learned to recognize his behavior patterns. You know what's coming and you know what to do. Trust your instincts. And don't take anything being said personal. You know that none of this is actually about you. It never was. He has never taken you into consideration and he isn't gonna start now. This is and always has been about meeting his own need for external validation. You know what's coming. So use this to your advantage. This method is not a way of interacting with the narc. It's a way for you to avoid interacting with the narc. It is a maneuver that will help you disengage at every attempt to engage you. What you ultimately want is for them to lose interest in the game they are trying to engage you in. And narcs will always lose interest in any game they cannot win. Each time they try to pump narcissistic supply from you, you will remind them the well has run dry. They will eventually find a new well. And this is how you break free. You are doing this for you. It's maybe the most important gift you will ever give yourself. And you deserve it. As always, you can find more support between episodes on Instagram at I Believe Your Abuse. You can find support including resources for meetings, support groups, and professionals who specialize in narcissistic abuse if you visit IBelieveYourAbuse.com. 
Be sure to follow the podcast to have episodes automatically added for you. Until next time, own your truth. Never stop telling your story. I believe you.